Welcome to the Teaching Middle School ELA Podcast. We're your hosts, Caitlin Mitchell and Jessica Kanata. If you're looking for ways to bring rigor and engagement to your middle school ELA classroom without sacrificing your nights and weekends, then this podcast is for you. Our goal is to provide you with your weekly dose of tips, tools, and inspiration so you can actually enjoy teaching again. We'll help you bring the fun and creativity to your ELA lessons so that your students master the standards and you can leave school when the bell rings. Get ready to be that teacher you've always wanted to be to do great work and thrive. Well, hello, teachers, and welcome back to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. Caitlin here with you guys. And Jessica, hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, we are talking about a common pain point, which is teaching Mm -hmm. grammar. Um, And we're going to talk about the most effective way to teach grammar. This is what we found over the years. I I swear I've tried everything from mentor (laughs) grammar sentences that did not work the way that I thought that they would. um, Oh, did you do DOL? Yes, I did DOL when I taught high school. We were required to do it. I mean- I think there's a time and place for certain things like that, perhaps, um, Maybe. But, <laughs> but we found, um, just what we're going to share with you today is really just the most effective way to teach grammar to your students. It might challenge some of your beliefs that you have about grammar, but that's great. Always right. Is looking at different ways of doing things and seeing if you can challenge the status quo or challenge some of your own beliefs and see if, you know what, perhaps there's a different way that's better. And if you try it and it doesn't work, you know what, at least you tried. Right. Um, so we are excited to dive into this episode. But before we do, if you can leave us a review on iTunes, that would mean a whole heck of a lot to us. And if you do let us know on Instagram at EB academics. And the other thing that I want to let you know is at the very end of the episode, I'll be giving you a link for a free grammar resource. It's going to be the grammar resource that we will be talking about in this podcast episode. It's so good. It's mm-hmm. so good. I cannot wait for Jessica to share what it is with I know. you. I'm like so excited. And, right then, and also to give you the free link. And if you're already an EB teachers club member, you actually already have this resource in your EB dashboard. So you don't even have to worry about go downloading it. You already have it for you there as well. All right. So let's dive into the episode. If you're familiar with us, um, you know that we like to structure our lessons following the into, through, and beyond framework. Um, And we don't do it any differently for grammar. We think it works really effectively for grammar as well. Before we dive into what this looks like in grammar, Jessica, can you give our listeners a review of what this concept, this framework of into, through, and beyond even is? Absolutely. So your into is a lesson. Usually it's one, maybe two class periods. It's meant to hook your students, get them engaged or provide them with background information that they might need to be successful in the unit. Your through lessons, that's like the heart of your lessons. That's where you're focused on the standards. Students are actually practicing those standards, doing the work. And then the beyond is usually, again, one class period, maybe two, where students are applying what they learned in those through lessons. It might be an essay that they're writing, a project they're working on. It can be, you know, an assessment of sorts, a multiple choice even, or short answer assessment, but not always. So into, through, beyond, how we organize all the units we create for our students and for our EB teachers. 
Yeah. So all of our AB Teachers Club resources all follow this exact framework as mm-hmm. well. Um, and so grammar will too. So going off of that, what Jessica just shared with us, let's talk about what this looks like in grammar. Um, so if you didn't listen to podcast episode number 141 of fitting it all in, um, which aired at the beginning of this month, we talked about like, how, how are you going to fit in grammar? Where's it going to go in your day? Um, and you might only teach grammar twice a week maybe once a week and then twice a week and then once a week flipping back and forth or something like that. But we don't teach it all the time. So we really need to maximize our grammar instruction, those minutes that we are allotting to grammar. And so if we keep within this framework, it makes it a whole heck of a lot easier to intentionally use our grammar instruction time. So when we're using an into lesson for grammar specifically, the first thing that you're going to do with any new grammar concept, let's say that we're teaching commas will be our example throughout this Mm -hmm. particular um, walkthrough. Let's say that we're introducing commas to our students. That first into lesson that maybe I want to hook and engage my students, but I'm also going to front load them and give them basically direct instruction. We really feel like is for grammar is hugely important. So let's give you an example with the resource that we're going to share with you at the end. Sure. So we want to hook our students with the into lesson and it can be in a super simple way. And then we'll talk yeah. about what the direct instruction looks like. Why don't you talk about the, the hook part? Absolutely. First. Okay. So again, Caitlin mentioned, this is all about commas. So it's perfect to use at the beginning of the year as like a quick review for our students. So to hook students, we have this whole carnival comma activity for them. So it's very, very simple. We're going to give you carnival decorations. All you have to do is hang them up around your classroom and it's going to get students excited. They're going to see images of popcorn or, you know, a Ferris wheel or whatever it is and say, what's happening in here. And you can say, oh, well, tomorrow we're having a comma carnival, get excited. Yeah. You could take it to another level and, you know, bring in some popcorn for them. It's not necessary, but you can kind of have fun with it. So you hook them with simple decorations that we're going to give you in this resource. And then yes, you do front load them with the direct instruction. Yes. So a direct instruction might be something as simple as a PowerPoint. Students are taking mm-hmm. notes, two books that I would recommend that I taught out of that. I just, you know, wrote on the board or created a simple PowerPoint for, um, our grammar in 15 minutes a day from learning express. I know that they have used copies on Amazon. They actually don't, I think even publish this book anymore, but it's really helpful. Um, the order in which they teach different grammar concepts. And then the other book that I use is the big blue book of grammar and punctuation by drain by Jane Strauss. Those are the two books that I took my direct instruction out of. So I actually didn't even use the grammar books that my school gave me. I didn't like the flow of them. I didn't like the way in which they taught the skills over time. Um, maybe I would use some of those for like review for my students, but those were the books that I taught my direct instruction out of. So hook our students with the comma carnival posters and things like that teach the direct instruction lesson. That's your into lesson on that first day that you're going to teach commas. And this goes for any grammar concept that you're teaching. What do you want? We're going to make it, we're going to make it even easier for you in the resource we're giving you. We're giving you the direct instruction for all the different components of the comma. So you don't have to go out there and, you know, do extra research. It's right there for you. Awesome. Just wanted to point that out. I'm glad you raised your hand to show. (laughs) (laughs) I literally was raising my hand on zoom to Caitlin. Hilarious. So you already have it. So you have everything for your into lesson for commas, but if you're doing this for Mm -hmm. a different concept, that's what you would do. Then the next thing that you have is your through lesson. And so this is where students are actually going to apply those concepts that they learned about commas, you know, commas in a series or commas in Mm a, um, independent, dependent clause, uh, whatever, right. However, we're teaching it. So if you want to go ahead and share the comma carnival activities that students would then do. 
Yes. So remember, keep in mind with your through lessons, that's when they're practicing the standards, but we want to tie in the engagement and the rigor. So the standards are rigorous, right? But let's have some fun with it. And so hence the carnival games. So I'm just going to kind of list some of the games that we're giving you in this resource. And maybe you'll, it'll spark some ideas for you in your classroom as well. We've got a can toss where the objective of the game is for students to use their knowledge of punctuating sentences with dependent and independent clauses. There's a hot dog eating contest. It's all about identifying essential and non-essential elements in a sentence and then punctuating it accordingly. Tough standard, right? But way more fun when it's a hot dog eating contest, you know, all done on paper here. Um, they're not actually a, eating hot dogs. They're not eating hot dogs now. There's a duck pond game. I loved that game at a carnival when I was a kid, but the objective there is for our students to correctly write and punctuate introductory phrases and clauses. So they turn over four ducks in a pond. They read the sentences on the backs of the ducks. They think of an introductory clause they, or phrase they can use with it, et cetera. So super fun. There's tic-tac quote, and it's all about punctuating quotations in a sentence. Um, there's fish list. This is fun. You remember that game as a kid where like, you had the fishing pole and it was like magnetic and you picked up the fish in the little pond. Yes. Same idea with students. Like we're literally going to have a little fishing pole for them and there's fish and they have to punctuate a list with items in a series. So it's also a game of speed here. So it gives a little competition to students. Love it. We've got pick a lollipop where they have to correctly create and punctuate a sentence that uses a direct address. It comes with a spinner and game, um, game pieces, excuse me. So we give you all the games and the games directly correlate to that direct instruction that you did in your into lesson, but it's so much fun, right? You have the decor in your classroom. All the game pieces are vibrant and fun. So students are into it. And again, you can elevate it. If you want, you could have maybe one station where students are actually doing an, a carnival game. Maybe, you know, I don't know that you're playing a real game of tic-tac-toe or whatever you come up with. I'm sure mm -hmm. you can be more creative, but you can tie that in and engage those students, but still give them this rigorous practice. So it's so much fun for them. And it's a great way to directly tie in that grammar instruction. Yes. So that's the through lesson, right? Students mm -hmm. are applying what they've learned. So you would do the same thing for any other grammar concept, right? The into lesson, you're hooking them and you're doing direct instruction. The through lesson, here's where you're going to apply. We have a ton of grammar games. That's what we suggest our EB teachers use to reinforce these concepts, these grammar concepts. And then the next thing that you would do after students participate in some sort of hands-on learning with grammar is huge, right? Grammar can be so boring and so dry. Like if we're going to try to put games somewhere, grammar, I feel like is the best place to do that yeah. first. Um, and then the last thing that you're going to do is that beyond lesson. And here's where we're going to assess our students. So with grammar, let's say that you're teaching grammar twice a week. You might do the into lesson on one day. Commas are a little bit longer because there are more, right? Like rules within commas that we need mm -hmm. to teach. So your direct instruction might cover two class periods that are shorter. And then you might do two class periods for the through lesson for those station games and activities that students are doing. But then the assessment itself, um, we actually really believe that for our grammar assessments, we have always allowed our students to do open note assessments because when we become adults, right, <laughs> what do we do when we've forgotten how to use commas properly? 
We go to Google. Totally. We Google right? it. We go online and we understand, oh, that's right. That's how I apply it. And so, yeah, it's great for students to um, be able to internalize and memorize all of this stuff, but I think it's more powerful for them to be able to go back to their notes, to think critically about how then this is applicable to the question that you are giving them on the test, as opposed to testing their memory when it comes to memorizing grammar concepts. I'll tell you right now, I have a terrible memory. I can't remember anything, but if I read something, I sure as heck can apply it to whatever it is that I've just read and what I'm being tested on. So when we do open note tests, it takes a lot of that pressure off of our students for a standard that's a really small standard, right? When we're talking about all of the other standards that we need to cover. Um, and, and it allows them to apply truly what they've learned. If you want to yeah. assess them in, in a different way that, you know, you, you are asking them to remember what they've learned. We have an exit ticket and a lot of our um, grammar games that we provide mm -hmm. for EB teachers. So you just use that exit ticket as like a, a small, quick assessment, and then in more um, in-depth open note assessment where students are really taking those skills and applying them into their assessment. Right. And then the resource we're giving you, we actually keep the beyond lesson really, really simple. Students have a carnival ticket. It's really fun and vibrant. And all they're doing is listing three things they learned about commas from those lessons super quick and basic with the whole idea being that in your next writing assignment, students are applying those concepts mm -hmm. and it can be as simple as, all right, highlight your sentences that show, you know, introductory phrases with a comma or a list of, um, words where you have commas in a series, et cetera. Just highlight those sentences in your next response to literature or writing assignment and make sure students, yes, are applying what they learned in your three lessons. So yeah. keep it simple but effective. Yes. And if you are looking for a more like kind of robust assessment, um, you, uh, the uh, blah, 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 the blue book. <laughs> so hard for me to say the blue book of grammar and punctuation. And that other one grammar in 15 minutes a day that I shared have assessments in them that you could just make copies of, um, and use those as well for like an open note test for your students. If that's something that you need to provide, um, for your principal and for your school. All right. With that being said, that's how we teach grammar into hook your students, um, direct instruction through some sort of hands-on activity to reinforce those concepts, forget the boring worksheets. And then the beyond is going to be that open note assessment or a quick little exit ticket or both. Um, I, I might suggest do both. And mm -hmm. now we've got to give you the link to go grab the, the resource that Jessica shared about, um, yes. throughout the podcast episode. So this is our comma carnival. Is it a part of our groovy grammar game? Series? It is not. It's, it's separate. separate. It's a different one. Mm -hmm. Okay. So again, this is more in depth, more it's in good. depth. It's okay. Yeah. So again, if you are an EB teachers club member, you already have this, this is in your EB dashboard, go type in commas or comma, and it'll pop up in your, my resource library. But if you are not, you can grab it for free still as well. Go to ebacademics.com forward slash grammar lesson. Again, that's ebacademics.com forward slash grammar lesson. And you can grab this lesson for free and it'll give you a really good idea of kind of the flow and the structure of how we suggest you set up your grammar lessons within this into through and beyond framework. All right, you guys, thank you so much for joining us talking all about grammar. It was a fun month. If you haven't listened to our past episodes from this month, go back and listen to them. Episode 141 was all about fitting it all in no matter how short or long your class periods are 42 minutes, 45 mm -hmm. minutes, 110. It doesn't matter. Um, great episode. That's a question we get asked all the time. Episode 142 is why some teachers have that X factor. It's a lot about mindset. Great episode. Definitely check that one out. And then last week's episode, episode 143 was all about your academic vocabulary ecosystem. Super important for having a successful ELA class period throughout your school year. 
All right, you guys, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast and we will see you next week. Bye everybody.